I want us to turn to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verse number 6. That's the only verse we'll read. Okay, well, let's go back to verse number 5. Well, let's, let's just start in verse number 1. Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Brother Jody taught Sunday school a couple months ago about that, that outstretched arm. And I ain't quite over it. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we should see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Verse number 6, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. I ask you today to consider verse number 6 and to consider this question. I told someone this morning I was planning on preaching about the rapture of the Lord or the rapture of the church, the coming of the Lord. And uh, I, I've... I've not had any peace. There's one part of the message that I just haven't had any peace about. And and it just kind of gave me a little bit of an uneasiness about preaching that entire message. But my heart still, even in that, even in the study, it, it centered around those that believed. Now, y'all help me. Now, the rapture is for those that are saved, right? But the warning is, if you are not saved and that the Lord returns, then you will be left here. And you will have to go through the tribulation and, and horrible, horrible things to come. But we read Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 6. And it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so just for a moment, I want to ask you the question, do we need a Savior? If we were to put ourselves in the condition that, that we were before we were saved. So let's say for a moment that every one of us are lost. We've never trusted in Christ 
Do you really need a Savior? Can you get along in this world without one? Well, there's a lot of people that are trying. There's a lot of people that they're doing the right things. Was it Brother David? You said there's a lot of good people in this world. And there are, and I'm glad of that. But being good, y'all help me, will not get you to heaven. Going to church, and I believe you ought to go to church, will not get you entrance into heaven. Do we really need a Savior? The prophet Isaiah said that all we like sheep have gone astray. He said we've gone everyone to his own pastures, everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him. Who is this him? That is that lamb. This is that Son of God. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That is without fail. Every single man, woman, and child, the sin of those people, of us, have been laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, do we need a Savior? Well, it's evident that we have a sin problem. If you look in what America puts out a, a paper every Wednesday and every Saturday, and on the Saturday paper you got to have an online account before you can ever read it. So, Brother Terry, essentially one paper that's free, that that's available to everybody. But if we were to look on the headlines we would see a certain page that shows all of the trouble going on in our little town. The Associated Press puts articles in our newspaper of trouble that are going on around the country. If you turn on, uh, what is the station there on Highway um, uh, Highway 30, uh, WISK, I think it is. Every morning there's a little man that comes, I say a little man, he might be bigger than I am, but there's a man that comes on there and he begins to give you the police report from the previous day in the evening. And says that uh, this one was arrested. Police were called to this home for maybe a, 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 a domestic dispute. Or uh, it was called to this parking lot because of some dispute. Or, or on and on and on. And we look at our friends. We look at our family. We look at ourselves. Y'all, y'all can, it's okay to say that. We look at ourselves and we see our own shortcomings. And we have to acknowledge today that we need help. This world needs help. This world needs a savior. I would love to be able to say that we could, we could message our congressman and we could message our, uh, the people in Americas or Sumter County or maybe in Ellaville and Sly County, uh, that, 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 that can maybe help us with a problem. But can I tell you today, there is not one man on the plant, face of the planet that's able to help you with sin. Now, they, they might be able to point you in the right direction. They might be able to give you some scripture. But there's only one that can forgive sin. And so, as we look at this sin problem, and, and we realize that our president can't help us, and our governors can't help us, and, and if you will, our religious people cannot help us, because they're all, uh, uh, they're all sinners, if you will. Uh, they're all uh, imperfect people, and so they, they don't have the access that the Lord Jesus Christ does to a thrice holy God. Y'all with me this morning? 
We need a Savior. Now, I'm just going to hit and miss on this. I'm not going to give this entire message. Just give you something the Lord laid on my heart. We need a Savior because we are sinners. Now, this may sound simple to some, uh, maybe not so much to others, but in Romans chapter 3, verse number 10, this hits every one of us. There is none righteous, no, not one. Every single one of us, regardless of our intentions, are not righteous in our spirit. We may have the best of intentions. We may have all intentions to get up, to read our Bibles, to go to church, to do right to everyone. But outside of Christ Jesus and His blood applied to our life, Kurt, there is none righteous. No, not one. Romans chapter number 3 uses the word uh, short. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And this little word short or this phrase come short, it means to be behind as if in a race. It means to fall behind, to be inferior in power or to be wanting. And it says that no matter what, without Christ, without God in our lives, we will always consistently forevermore be falling behind. We'll never be able to catch up. We'll, 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 We'll never be able to do anything on our own without God. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Number two, we need a Savior because our way is insufficient. At some point in our lives, we've all attempted, Brother David did an excellent job in Sunday school this morning, and he, he talked about those ways and talked about, what well, what psalm was it, Brother David? I can't see you, so I can't hear you, I'm sorry. Psalm 5. He talked about those different ways that we have tried, kind of in his introduction, but he talked about that way that, that, that the psalmist was seeking. And so, uh, to, to piggyback on what Brother David was saying in Sunday school, we've all tried our different ways. But every single one of those ways, in light of God's, are inferior. No matter what. Yesterday on my way back from, from, uh, where I was at, Dunlap, Tennessee, uh, well, excuse me, the night before, Brother, uh, Phil Langston was there. And he said, listen, you need to, you need, don't, don't go the way GPS tells you. You need to go down here to this road and you need to, to, in, instead of turning to the right, just go straight. That'll take you into Chattanooga and that'll take you on, on Interstate 24 and then you can get on 75 from there. It'll be quicker. It's a better route. There's not a lot of stopping and this, that, and the other. And so I was contemplating that. But see, I came back or I came, I went up on I-75. And I got on up there uh, past Ringgold, and I got to exit number four. I don't know the road numbers, but I got to exit number four, and I followed my GPS, and Brother David, it took me right there. I knew it. I knew the way because of the way the GPS took me. I could trust it. Now, I feel I can trust Brother Phil Langston, but I'd never been the way that he had told me to go. So on my way back down, I, I was looking for that split. And my right arm wanted to go the way GPS. And my left arm wanted to go the way Brother Phil Langston told me to go. And finally, right there, Brother Not Rocky, uh, right, I'm talking about right at the exit, I finally just decided I'm just going to go with GPS. Now why would I, why would I have had such an internal turmoil over that? 
Because I wanted to try something new on one hand, but I needed to find something that was sure on the other. There's a lot of folks that they want to try something new, but they refuse to try what's sure. They want to try all their different ways and all of the different things, but the one thing that has led saints of God throughout history is His Word. And we're trying everything outside of His Word. And John chapter number 1 says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was who? God. And so if the Word is God, then that's what we ought to be trusting. We need a Savior because our way is insufficient. There's a lot of good ways. Brother Phil told me about that way, and he said, it will lead you back to America. I promise it will lead you back to America. I'm sure there was probably a lot of different ways. People leave here and go to Atlanta, all kinds of different ways. Some people go through Columbus, some people go all the way out into the interstate through whatever, Vianna and all that kind of stuff, all kinds of different ways. They all, they all might lead in the general vicinity, but there's only one way to God. Now y'all, y'all can say it all right, amen? Y'all can help me now. I said there's only one way to God. We need a Savior because our way is insufficient. (laughs) Brother Jody and I were talking before church this morning, and I really don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but you mentioned that thief on the cross. And you said that one thief said, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said, Today shall thou be with me in paradise. What about that other old boy? He was still railing on the Lord Jesus Christ. He was still mocking Him. He was in the same condition that all three of them were in. But one decided to do it his own way and to cuss until his dying breath. The other decided, Hey, there's something different about this man. And I'm, well, hey, there's something different about this man in the middle. I'm going to go with him. He realized at the last minute, right before, hey, right before his last breath, he realized, I better make this thing right. Better make it right and trust in him. Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 9, I'm not going to read it, but it says there's no new, no new thing. Solomon wrote that over and over. There's no new thing. Everything's vain. Without God, it's all in vain. Our way is going to fail us. If we look over in Isaiah chapter number 64, I believe it is, verse number 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and, I, and, uh, 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 and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. The, the best that we could do, absolute best that we can do pales in comparison with God. He said all of our righteousnesses are filthy rags. Number three, we need a Savior because, or excuse me, we need a Savior to reconcile us to God. The word reconcile, it means to bring back a former state of harmony. I watched as we went to Wendy's the other night after church. I think I was the first one there or whatever. There's nobody behind me. I don't remember. But that was a lady. She had the drawer open and she was counting all the money. And she'd count. She'd put some in. She'd count put some in. She had a wad of money. She closed the door and I kind of 
you know, talked to her a little bit. And she said, I'll be right back, sir. And she, she looked. She said, you're at 150. She took that money that was in her hand. She put it in the safe. You know what she was doing? She was reconciling that cash register. So when you when you start when you start the day, there's $150 in. When you change shifts, we need to make sure there's $150 in there to start the next shift. All that other, you take out, you count, you apply it to the sales of the day. Y'all people just run a cash register, am I telling it right? She said $150. That's something. I think I was in there by myself getting a getting a milkshake or something or other. And I like to kick the back end out my choir robe because there was a day that God reconciled me unto Himself. There was a day that He said, When I created man, I had fellowship in the cool of the garden. He said, Because man sinned. There was a separation. The fellowship was broken. And I sent my son... And He died on the cross for all men's sin. It reminded me of that work that God, through Christ, by faith, did for me when I asked Him to save me. He reconciled me unto Himself. No matter the intentions, no matter, no matter the desires that we may have, again, I have to tell you that outside of God, it'll never get us to God. You think about those, those men that they wanted to build a building. And they wanted with everything that was in them to reach up to God. And they built it. Miss Samantha, you're shaking your head. They built that Tower of Babel or Babel, however you want to say it. They built that thing and God said, no, that's not going to work. And He confused their language. Men have tried, men have, I listen to me, men have tried to reach God in their own ways. But every single way is going to fail. I was listening to Brother Langston and he could tell illustrations for a hundred more years and I'll enjoy every one of them. I mean, he's, he's told them all. But he talked about those Russian cosmonauts. We don't even use that word anymore. Russian astronauts went up to space. And they were up there for some period of time. They come back down and it made national news probably when he was 20. I don't know. But Brother David made national news in his day. And those Russian cosmonauts said, we looked all over and we couldn't find God. Brother Langston said, you dummy, you ain't go high enough. You should have kept on looking. But no matter what kind of... Oh, Elon Musk, all them other men, they can build their rockets. They can build their ships. They can build their spaceships. NASA can do it all they want to. They can reinforce everything. They can make sure they got the propulsion right. They can make... Oh, but they'll never get to God <laughs> outside of the work of Christ. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The, the only way 
to be reconciled is by God's Son. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 16. And that He might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity that that budding heads between the old man and the new man, that 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 uh, 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 that trouble, that enmity, that in other words, being enemies of one another. He said, "God has broken that down." How? By the cross. Colossians one verse number nineteen and twenty. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell, and having made peace through the blood of His cross, and uh, excuse me, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, it's only by Him. My question today was: was do we do we need a Savior? So I'm going to ask you today. Do you need a Savior? Now, I don't want you to think about your church attendance right now. I don't want you to think about denomination right now. I don't want you to think about grandma and all this other kind of stuff right now. Because none of that matters. There's people who go to church every day of their life. And they don't have a relationship with God. I ask you again, do you need a Savior? That's the most important question. Most important question you'll be asked. I was listening to Brother David and some of the others last night. They were talking about uh, the vaccine. And, And... I've heard tell, but you don't never know. But apparently, help me, they give you a piece of paper that says you've had them. Is that right? You can't, you can't believe anything on Facebook. If that's the only place you get your news, you're probably going to believe a lie. But somebody made mention that if you don't have that, there are certain places that require that already. Can I tell you something? And I'm not talking about the vaccine. Don't don't misunderstand me. And I don't mind getting political in the pulpit. I think it'd be good for us to get political in the pulpit every once in a while. Y'all hear me? It's all right to talk about politics in the pulpit. Because those men, those women, they need God in their lives. And probably one reason why some of those men and those women are in office is because preachers have stopped talking about politics in the pulpit. I digress. Having a little card in my wallet sitting over there, I got a card that says I can, I can carry a pistol on my side open or concealed. Other people, I've got, I've got a driver's license that says I have a CDL license and I've got these classes. You get stopped. I had to call Brother Jody this morning and say, listen, there's a highway patrolman sitting right out here. I ain't called none of y'all because I have faith in y'all, but I ain't got no faith in Brother Jody. I, I called Brother Jody. I said, look here. There's a highway. I don't know how you get here. There's a highway patrolman right down here. I said, you better watch him. I guarantee you he's going to ask you for your driver's license. 
maybe insurance, registration. But none of those things. Not, not a little card, not a piece of paper, not a badge, not a name written in, in your church roll book. None of that's going to get you into heaven. You know what God's going to look for? He's not going to look at your face. He's not going to look at your, your smiles, your charisma. He's not going to look at none of that. He's going to look inside that heart and make sure that that blood of His Son is there. And because if it is, your name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. And without that, who was it? We talked about it just a little while ago, maybe last Sunday, I don't know. We talked about those books that were opened. But the one book, the book of life, and the Lord said in the book of Revelation, if your name was not written in the book of life, you were cast into the lake of fire. This morning, I ask you, do you need a Savior? here's, Here's some encouraging news. Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Only one He had. He came to this earth only once. To die on the cross only once. To save sinners and to save them only once. The work that God did through His Son on Christ had to be done once. And the work that God will do in your heart or the work that God has done in your heart will be done only once. I'm glad we don't have to keep going back time and time again asking God to save us over and over. I'm glad that when we ask Him and in faith believing that God did it for you, I'm glad, Miss Leah, that God's going to keep us in His hand. Amen. Amen. Never going to leave us. Never, never going to leave us. We're saved for all eternity. Let's stand. Brother David, if we can, maybe have a song of invitation. If you realize that you are a sinner, I'll tell you today, you're not alone. This whole house is full of sinners. The only difference could be that some are saved and you may not be. But God has done such a wonderful work that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, someone could confess their sins and ask God to save them. And just like that, God can make a a new creature. It don't have, hey, listen, I've been saved since 1992. Y'all do the math on that. There wasn't no lightning bolts. No angels parted heaven and sat beside me and sang. None of that. But there was somebody moved in. And when he moved in, he made a difference. When he moved in, I could, I could feel him. Moving around. I say this real quick, and, I, and I'm not trying to be funny, and I'm not trying to be vulgar or anything. But when my wife was pregnant, one of the one of the best things was when that baby it messed me up. But that baby would move, and I remember her before she, before that baby lived in there. 
But when that doctor told us, yep, you're pregnant. She, she got a little bit, Brother Bobby and Miss Sam, they went to the doctor the other day. And they said that baby's about like, like that. And that just gave me that. Did something for me. Look like one of them boiled peanuts. About, about that time. But here for long, that thing, that thing's gonna get to where not only does it move on the inside, mama can feel it, <laughs> but that thing will start pushing its foot in mama's belly and daddy can look there and say, oh, I knew something's wrong with you. Now there's proof coming out. And that baby will get in there and mama, she's, oh, oh, and she'll, she'll work around till finally that elbow is out of her rib. That Holy Ghost comes in. You can feel Him moving. But when you really know, listen to me. I need somebody to listen to me. When you truly know that you've been born again, other people are going to see the Holy Ghost in you. Jesus said, all men will know that you're my disciples. He said, he said two different things. If you keep my commandments and you love one another. 